Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. This is episode six of the Pooch Parenting Podcast, and in today's interview with Trisha Case of Trailblazing Tales, we talk about how to teach young children to be respectful of dogs and puppies. I hope you enjoy. So um, I want to let you introduce yourself to our people, um, and while you're doing that, I want you to explain what is behind you, okay. um, just in general. And then what we're going to do is we're going to dive in and talk about kids and teaching kids to be respectful of puppies and new dogs. I am Trisha Case and I own Trailblazing Tales. It's a bit alliterative and a tongue twister. Um, Trisha with Trailblazing Tales. <laughs> I have been in business for nearly 16 years and I started originally as a dog running service in Los Angeles and then um, from that point I was able to branch off. My husband started a uh, residency here in uh, Oregon. And so I started another branch in Portland about nine, 10 years ago, nearly, um, and have since um, dropped services and focused strictly on products. Yes. So I've been uh, working pretty diligently for about the last nearly five years. Actually, it's been four and a half years um, learning how, or honing my, my leash building skills and really learning what this communication tool truly means between a handler and the dog and through almost five years of lots of exploration and testing um, I'd always had this philosophy that this is the one piece of equipment that we have to communicate with our dogs when we are out of the house and so what I thought a good leash needed um, has become something what I think a lot of people have decided they need as well is something lightweight, exceptionally lightweight, so that the level of communication is higher. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because we live in the Pacific Northwest, I, you know, I particularly live in the Pacific Northwest where it rains quite a bit. Um, the elements, Mother Nature, um, is sometimes not so kind. And so mm-hmm. I wanted a product that didn't make my car smell like wet dog <laughs> all the time. And I found this uh, material that happens to be made and man- it's, it's designed, manufactured in the United States of America in Ohio. Okay. Uh, it's called Biothane. It is a wonderful product, which simply just wipes wipes clean. You can sanitize it super easy. I, I can drag it through that. The dogs can drag it through the mud and I can put it under my faucet and it's clean. Which so, I have done, by the way. Never smells, which is amazing. It doesn't smell. Um, and also the, the leash that uh, Michelle was discussing um, is one that is made of a premium, it's a premium coating for the biothane. So it's much different than your standard coating that people are more familiar with. Um, the standard coating can get a little slippery uh, and it's, it's just, it has a nice texture and feel to it. But the premium coating that I use is grippy and it's buttery, buttery soft and just gets softer and softer with time. It's so tactile, mm-hmm. um, which also in it for 
you know, lack of finding better words, I feel that the biofeedback between the dog and the handler are just slightly different than the, than the normal code. I agree because I have um, some long lines that are biothane that are not yours uh-huh. and I don't like to use them. The only time I use them is when I'm at the beach because um, it gets, otherwise it just gets wet and heavy and sandy and they rinse off, but I, they're slippery and they're not soft in my hand. Yours, on the other hand, is it just, it, it almost feels like leather where it's just buttery soft. It's incredibly supple. I can use all my cool leash holding tricks. So I like have security. So if I'm not paying attention uh-huh. as much, it does not surprise me or slip out of my hand ever. Um, and it is lightweight enough that you've seen Pippin. He's a little dog. He's not How much you know, weighted down. He's 15 pounds. Okay. And he's, he's not weighted down with a heavy leash on his harness at all. He's like, you know, he, and I love it. And I need to get one of your long lines. I will be ordering one. I just, the other ones I. Merry Christmas lady. You just tell me what you want, girl. Oh gosh. Anyway. Yeah. My other ones are yucky, but yours, I just, I honestly, I love how they feel in my hand. Thank you. All of the material or all of my products are made with solid brass hardware so that you can have this leash for a lifetime. Not, and unfortunately, you know, we wish our dogs lived a lot, a lot longer, but um, hopefully you'll have this for longer than your dog's lifetime. So yes, that would be really good. All right. Well, let's get into um, the sort of the meat of this, so to speak. So tell us how old your kids are and um, some of the beginning strategies, if you were bring, if you were adding a new dog to your house and you've got kids, your kids ages, what are some ways that we can encourage them to be respectful of a new dog? How do we read their bodies and how do we make sure that there's consent all around? Because I feel like lately I've been seeing a lot of posts on Facebook in my group about kids who are constantly picking up the puppy and not asking the puppy for permission. And then the puppy is starting to growl. How do we deal with all that stuff from your perspective? Those are, there's a lot of questions there. And I think I that that's, um, those are all really, really great questions. And ones mm-hmm. that I think every parent needs to ask themselves before they bring the dog into the house. Mm-hmm. So establish what the children are going to do when the dog comes in, establish what the dog's going to do when the dog comes in. Boundaries are not only your best friend, but they are a requirement for bringing any new animal into your home. Mm -hmm. Um, Children have to have a space that's completely off limits to them that only the dog is allowed to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, the crate is, is number one. Um, I, a lot of children, I see it quite a bit where kids get crawl into the crate and they think it's fun and, and parents think it's all giddy and cute. And, mm-hmm. uh, I do not as a professional, I think it's dangerous and it's setting, it's setting an, a really bad example. Um, because if in fact the dog is in the crate and the child decides to crawl in there with the dog, that's a dangerous, dangerous scenario and a recipe. No yeah. Um, so that should be the dog safe space. So I think the number one, if you're bringing in a puppy, you should always have perfect, you should be prepared with a crate number Mm -hmm. one, um, because that will be uh, the place that your dog will sleep, will eat, um, will rest. Um, Mm -hmm. I also think an X pen is a magnificent management tool. Mm -hmm. Um, especially so when you have a young puppy, 
um, because they can't knock it over. But once the puppy, you know, gets to be of a, of a larger size, like my dense little black lab who can just, you know, she, we call her bulldozosaurus because mm -hmm. she's a big giant and that waggy black lab tail and butt just knock everything over. Um, so confinement, um, I think setting up established boundaries and places within the home for your children. Um, and also that means that, you know, there are spaces in your home that are going to be off limits for your dog mm -hmm. and they're only going to be on, on limits for your children. Okay. So your children have to have those established boundaries as well. Um, my children are four and seven. Um, I have my, my four-year-old will be five in February. Um, so I, you know, I guess he, you know, he's getting, but when the puppy came in, I, he was definitely a four-year-old little rambunctious boy. Um, so with my four-year-old, because I've been doing this for so long, he just came into a world where I talked about dog all the time. Um, and I, I don't just talk about dog. I, I love, I mean, I deeply, deeply passionate about what I do. And I'm so, I'm so it's not just something I talk about nine to five. This is a, you know, this is a 24 hour a day conversation that happens in our home. And especially so when you have dogs and kids, because you have to have this conversation. There is so much redirection with both your children and the dog. And the dog. Yes. I'm talking your seven-year-old, my seven-year-old and my four-year-old. So the re and your puppy. So I, there is a, a massive, massive amount of redirection that's happening. Mm -hmm. That should be number, that should be like your number two. Um, well, no, that should be number three. Number one should be boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, number two should be, uh, prevention Mm -hmm. boundaries and prevention can kind of be lumped into the same ish. Yeah. Um, but they are different. Yeah. And then your third is going to be, um, what, what was my third redirection? One? Yeah. Redirection. Um, so the redirection it's just, you're, if you're a parent, you're going to be used to it because you have to do it so much. So with your toddlers try this instead, yeah. try this instead, Oh, let's try that instead. Yeah. Let's not. Cause you know, if you were going to, if you're going to punish your child constantly for like, this is the example that I give all of my friends, family, clients. Um, one, I very, I'm very adamant about reminding every pet parent that their dog will never, ever exceed the intelligence of a one and a half or a two-year-old child. <laughs> and never. Your smartest dog in the whole wide world, uh, Chaser, who, you know, just, I don't, did Chaser just pass or her, her, her owner did a couple years ago. Um, but even, even Chaser was, you know, she, she, she could identify thousands of toys, but she's never going to be smarter or more intelligent than a two, like the, a two year, two, two year old, I'm going to say two, because two and a half even feels a little too old for me. Yeah. Um, so that's a big reminder. And I think that also there's a, there's a cognitive development that happens with your puppies and your children that are so similar up to a certain age that our dogs explore so much similar or so, so similar to our toddlers with their mouths, yes, with their paws, um, with their voices, with their bodies, they don't, they don't have the, the communication tools that are, you know, that are developed enough to like tell us certain things. So we really have to watch their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, so setting my, um, setting both my children and my puppy up for success was really important. So we had very established boundaries in the house. Um, and because I do what I do, um, I'm always bringing up pictures of dogs 
and um, my children are, I'm, I, I, I very much put it in front of their face and I say, hey, can you tell me what this dog's body is doing? And just having them identify certain, you know, like what are their, what is that dog's ears doing? Mm-hmm. And they can, they know what their ears, flat, when a dog's ears are flat, they understand yeah. what it looks like because I've explained it to them, but things may be even more simple. Like what is that dog's tail doing? Yeah. You have it too. I know you do. Yeah, baby. For twinsies. What, what is that dog's tail doing? These are, this book is, I, my, I caught my seven-year-old. She stole it from me. I was like, where the heck's my book? It is gold. It's so golden. It's so golden. I mean, we this all. Is fun for adults and it is amazing for children. It gets kids excited. We can like play detective you know like how's this dog feel let's turn it into a game it can be table talk dinner conversation I mean this book is and I just a shout out to Lily Chin who wrote it because she is not just an illustrator but she worked with so many dog trainers to get photographs to model these on on based on real dog behavior so talking about this with your kids is huge because as you know, if a dog is feeling a certain way, then their behavior follows, right? So can you give us an example of that, of like a dog feeling maybe worried and what that sequence of events might look like? So I think this is um, this is key because we have a lot of, um, we, we do a lot of confinement and I don't want that to, that term can be, have such a negative connotation with it. And I, I want to take that negative connotation away um, from confinement, because when I say confinement, one, we want to have a safe place for the dog and the children. Mm-hmm. So we should call it a safe place, not a confinement. We'll call it a, safe, um, a, you know, a safe management tool. Safe zone. Yeah. Safety. So we have Bridget, for instance, I'll have Bridget tethered. Um, to the wall because she's a bulldozer now and if I tether her to a piece of so furniture she's going to the dang couch all the way down the hall I, yeah. Yeah. my service dog my service puppy did the same thing she moved the whole kitchen table so yeah. that was off limits after that so now we have a little um a little you know little Bolt. whatever that thing is that yeah. roll, um into the wall so that she doesn't pull the couch through the hallway yeah. anymore yeah. um but to give you an idea of what it might look like um is uh, what what worried might look like is let's say she's eating her food and my four-year-old decides that he's going to walk right by her and there's a very you know small window of space that allows him to do so comfortably mm-hmm. or my seven-year-old it doesn't matter right they're just walking around their home and they don't mm-hmm. you know they're, they're not thinking about it in the right. same terms that we are mm-hmm. so um, if they're walking by her and you can see her start to crouch down you can watch her body slink mm-hmm. and get small. You might see her look up mm-hmm. and you see that whale eye. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty identifiable or the tail might be, you know, not tucked, but really low. Um, and the ears might be flat. So those are all like really quick indicators for children because they can, those are, th- those are pretty easy to identify with many dogs. There are plenty of dogs you know, like your pugs, your, your brachiocephalic dogs, those are going to be a little bit more challenging to identify, Um, which is another reason why I really love this book because she models it after, is it bogey Mm -hmm. and bogey, you know, the Boston 
here. Well, brachycephalic dog. So she's got a lot face with a little corkscrew tail. Yeah. Not a lot to and go the on. Tail, the tail too. So uh, it was hard for my children to grasp what that meant because my old boy, who's 13, Sonny, is an Aussie Border Collie mix who has no tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's much more challenging, not just for humans, but for other dogs too. So yeah. Sonny didn't have the same communication tools with right. his buddies, with his canine buddies yeah. or his human buddies that Bridget does mm-hmm. because her tail, tails are pretty telling. Yeah. Um, and by telling, I mean that people have to understand what that also means because just because a tail is wagging does not mean that dog is happy. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Wagging tail is can have lots of meanings the speed the pitch mm-hmm. you know all of it is it a slow sweeping like they hit themselves in the face on uh-huh. the other side that's a that's we love that a whole whack whack but yeah that's a whole different kind of wag than you know this mm-hmm. or... up and that and uh-huh. yeah. so really I think that was that was a big one for us when Bridget came in because really having them identify outside of just tools like you know like this um you know I also made my tool here I love that I need to link so my children are actually this is Aurora that's Aurora and Sunny and that's actually Orion and Sunny yeah but mine mine's a lot different than I mean Lily's Lily's a master. I mean, this is yeah, like here's her photographs too, which is what you see in real life. So I like that. they were able to quickly identify what what a tail, um, an unhappy dog or a worried dog's tail might look like. Yeah, because they didn't have that experience prior to having Bridget come in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had lots of lots of very well established rules and guidelines um, before we even got the puppy. Mm-hmm. So um, having designated areas um, sectioned off, lots of baby gates. And thankfully, we're lucky because our house is like super sectioned off. You can shut every door to every room, almost near, nearly every room. So we're able to do a lot of confinement without having baby gates or exercise yeah. or things right. of that nature. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you a few of the other things that I think are going to be really important for families. Um, one, when I say you need to truly truly weigh out if a if a dog if if this dog is or puppy because it doesn't matter if you get a rescue or a puppy it's a it's a new creature in your in your mm-hmm. home so really understand what kind of responsibility um that's going to entail yeah um you can't set your children up for failure right we don't want to do we don't want to do that for our dogs either and we're also going to not set our children up for failure by giving them responsibilities that are far too large for them at a young age i am so glad you said that your kids are not gonna walk the dog no you should not allow your children to walk the dog right yeah it's not safe my seven-year-old begs me on a daily basis to walk bridget Mm -hmm. so i do i let her walk her in the backyard Mm -hmm. on a leash Mm -hmm. so she knows what it feels like when Bridget sees a squirrel and decides oh I'm gonna take my 50 pound dense body and I'm gonna throw you to the ground little girl yeah or god forbid into the street or god forbid the kid lets go and the dog goes into the street yeah so those are all and these are like responsive so responsibilities are one you're the parent you are 100% responsible for that dog. You are 100% responsible for your child. You cannot give that child 50% responsibility for that animal until they're like a teenager. 
Yeah. I agree. And you have to understand your teenager as well, because I'm not going to just turn over a dog to a teenager and expect them to do the right things when they don't know, when they've never been given the tools to do the right things. So. It depends on the teenager, right? Right. It's, yeah, right. It's, so, know your kid, know your dog. Both know, of those yeah. things. It's very individual. It's very relative right. to every family and, and every every child and every right. dog, because you might be able, I mean, I could easily turn Sonny, who's 13 and walks like a champ and isn't reactive and all those, you know, all those things he's learned, you know, he's learned how to do, how to do a walk without, you know, reacting. Right. I can easily hand over the leash to Aurora, who's seven and, and know that that's going to be a safe, a safe walk. Mm -hmm. But guess what? I still don't do that. Right. Because I don't think. I want I want to set a really good example in my neighborhood right. and I don't yeah. want anybody to see a seven-year-old walking a dog because it shouldn't be it's not acceptable right you know there's the the one caveat that I have to that is when I I put a little cheat on it and we can use two leashes or you have nice see your leashes have all these hooks and 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 attachments but so yours you can add extra handles right yeah. Or you can add even yeah. an extra little length, right? But I'm a big fan of a two-leash situation where what we do is we um, we let the kid think that they're walking the dog, sort of, and you let them know that you have them safe, right? That we do this together. Add an extra leash on mm -hmm. and they can hold the handle. Yeah. And then they're helping and they can start to learn leash skills and we can talk about, oh, do you feel the pulling? Okay, what are we going to do about that? But it's, it is, you're holding the, the pressure, the weight of the dog is on you. It is not on your child because it would be so easy. Sonny's a big boy. He could so easily just yank somebody into the street, even though he's too old and well-behaved to do it, but he could. I know my 70 pound dog could easily take out even me, if she wanted to, right. you know, I mean, I'm five, two and she's, you know, huge. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, you're, I mean, your leashes are perfect for that. Not to, not to keep promoting your leashes, but it is absolutely true. And stay tuned, for, stay tuned for, like, I, I really want to bring in kids into this. Yeah, and no, I, I, we need to start uh, again, before we even get a dog, I think that I also think that there's like a little, there's a part of me that wants there to be like a class in school about dog body language and how to respect animals. I, I know. I, I just, know. even a one hour class when the children are, are malleable and they're of an age where they just soak it in because yeah. they take that information and they talk about it. And another tool that I found to be um, really beneficial, and I'm going to show your folks here. Oh, I think I know. Let me see if we do it again, if we're twinsies a so, second time. Let me see if I can find my apps. Yes, I have it too. Um, this, is a, is it? Uh, this is an absolute favorite for my kids. I Yay. Think, uh, Jill did a really, really good job on this website. And yeah. my kids take this quiz uh regularly i mean regularly and lily did the graphics to this too i think yeah she did done most of the graphics in our industry um she, well, she she did that. the graphics for this did the yeah. graphics for this yeah and this is a i mean you can just see like there's a there's a couple of those um that can be a little tricky and it helps the kids really like think about oh yeah like some of this this is one of my favorites, the tongue flick. 
really is one that really surprises most people that, mm-hmm. that they're, a dog like, who, they're just licking they're hungry or they're or yeah or they just they're kissing. just licking their lips like we would do if we had chapped lips or something but dogs don't do that um so good I'm so glad you pointed that out I love that app and my kids take the quiz I'm I, it's pretty daily my four-year-old loves it so and he asks Aurora to tell him which word is what word so that he can press it right oh so and I think it's really I mean and they just don't get a lot until the pandemic they didn't have a damn tablet or technology oh, yeah. until yeah, yeah, yeah. Except when we were on an airplane things have changed quite dramatically um but even just think of the language acquisition skills for for looking and describing I mean this is this is the teacher in me that I can't help but bring this up all the time like we call these teachable moments right that as we talk about things we're using language that our kids are absorbing and we're giving them the vocabulary that they can then use to describe certain certain circumstances I guess and how they're feeling how's the dog feeling and then Orion learning to recognize words and Aurora being able to help him with that I mean the language acquisition there is it's a beautiful thing we have to come up with another another hands-on way for the kids to do it too so there's you know you and I are going to have to like really delve in deeper and find something super incredible yeah great product for these kids because they are sponges and they want to learn it just it takes us, it takes the parent, like actively giving them scenarios and actively pointing out, uh, well, okay, so one, and number one, it takes parents understanding dog body language to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. I think as a, as a working professional of many years, I don't think that our, I think that we have been fed so much misinformation and the, the interwebs has so much misinformation. I mean, at the tip of your fingertips, you type in dog training, and and I guarantee you, the top five things that come on up on that internet are dangerous, are yep. terrible and dangerous. Mm-hmm. And dogs so people, act worse than better. Yeah, I know. So people are just getting the wrong information, and. I really feel that if we, you know, we have to be loud about, you know, we have to be loud about it, but in a really positive way. So I think the way that we can be loud about it is one, kids are pretty loud, right? And <laughs> they want to learn. So we can be loud with the kids about it. Yeah. yeah. And those kids are going to go tell their friends and they're going to tell their parents. Well, we need your song is what we need. I, I'm working on it, girl. I need your song. And once your song is out, my people are going to hear your song. Well, because I have, it is so good. I have a friend who's an amazing singer songwriter and I've already written the song, but I really just want her to like come in and like put some, like sprinkle some fairy dust on it. I know, but it's already good. It really good. I don't want it to be just like kind of good. I want it to be like, I wanted to blow people's minds. I wanted it to will. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Or wow. Because no. then you can be loud with your kids all singing the song. Uh-huh. And people See? will listen because they have to. And it's a killer song. So. It's going to be hooky and it's going to get in your head. I know. But, I know. Because you sang it to me in the car. So <laughs> get on it. Years ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but still. It's been a while since I've I loved it. on that. I know. Um, this has been really, really helpful. I appreciate your your help so much. And 
Um, what is the website where people can go to buy these amazing leashes and your interaction guide with safe kids and dogs? They can go to my website, which is www.trailblazingtails.com. Trail, it's T-R-A-I-L, B. L A Z I N G and it's tails. T A I. Did I get it right? Yeah. I got it right. Yeah. Okay. Tails.com. Okay. Good. And, and um, so uh, there's uh, under my educational content on the website, I don't just have the uh, interaction guide for sale. I actually have every single page on there for free download too. Mm-hmm. Because okay. information, I feel that. Um, I really want to bridge the gap between the scientific dog world and, and parents and being a yeah. parent and a lay person, you know, it's like, yeah. there's, there's so much. It's really good. There's it so, so dense and it needs to be easier. So okay. I wanted to make it nice and, and easy. And so if you go to the co- educational content on the website, you can find lots okay. of different infographics there. Well, I'm going to share that link also so that people can go get what they need, whether it's information or tools that they can walk their dogs with their children safely together and take good care of your hands because it feels so good. Oh, thanks. Really good. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on iTunes or on the podcast app of your choice. If you're looking for ongoing support for your family with dogs, be sure to get on the waiting list for my Thriving Parents with Kids and Dogs membership at www.safekidsanddogs.com. And don't forget to follow Pooch Parenting on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening.